0: And then every time you you overcome a challenge, you become stronger. And then if you do that together with other people, like other founders, then you become stronger individually and as a group.
1: Hello everybody, welcome back to Founder Vision. Today I'm speaking with Carlo Bellotti. He is the CEO of Udropi out in Dubai. How's Dubai right now there, Carlo?
0: Hey Brad, thanks for having me. So here in Dubai is quite alright. I mean, it's kind of a bubble. So, I mean, everyone got vaccinated. I think we're still wearing masks. So that's the only thing that reminds me of COVID. But a part of that, restaurants are open, everything is pretty much, you know back to normality kind of thing
1: very nice i remember i was i was in dubai a couple months ago and it was mostly open compared to what i had experienced in san francisco um but for a while i've been i've been here in in hawaii and it feels very similar it's pretty much wide open uh feels feels very refreshing from you know the past year and a half that we've been experiencing
0: yeah absolutely it's pretty hot right now but that's the only thing (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, you'll get that in Dubai. <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about you, Dropy. What are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, so we are in Marketplace. So as usual, Marketplaces connect a few dots. And uh, in this case, what we do is we are connecting online merchants. Like think about any people with in online shops like on Shopify. Um, Mm-hmm. Primarily, we're talking about a small entrepreneurs, so don't think about big companies. We're talking about individuals, influencers, creators. Uh, when we're connecting them with professionals in the supply chain pipeline, like, you know, product suppliers, logistics centers, packaging manufacturing company, and any sort of professionals that we need along their journey into e-commerce. Um, so, and we're not just like, connecting the two you know sides and then just like letting them take in the conversation offline but we also give them both both of them a software to automate their tasks and to have visibility across their job basically so and mm-hmm. the dates what we do is very simple I mean our goal is to democratize the access of e-commerce entrepreneurship uh, because it's so hard today to you know build a successful business online and sell physical products because on one hand you have shopify which makes super easy to build shops online it takes like a few hours and then you have like facebook and instagram or tiktok and it's so easy to you know post a story and do that but like finding suppliers and logistics centers is still a very huge problem especially for individuals who don't have any orders who so have just a few orders per month mm. um so yeah that, that's that's what we've been doing for we're doing this for the last three years uh so it's been like in you know, a roller coaster uh, as usual um and then wow. right now we just opened office here in dubai and that's why i'm here in
1: dubai right now Nice. Right, so how how did you get into this what what brought this up for you
0: yeah so that's an interesting story so i i, I love to i love to say that uh, I, I, love to, I love to tell you kind of the, um, the short story is, like, we are three co-founders. Um, we've been friends since we were, like, five years old kind of thing. And then after university, like, two of them built a e-commerce business. And one of them, which is me, worked for Salesforce. And then the three of them together built a SaaS marketplace. So as you can imagine, like, as the story tells you is, you know, two co-founders built an e-commerce business. So they found the problem in the space. They found the problem being an e-commerce entrepreneur. And the problem is still, like, finding good supplier and making sure that orders are going through the right supplier and they have visibility across the whole orders flow. And that was the main problem. And then I was working for Salesforce, so I didn't know anything about e-commerce at all because I was focusing on a completely different vertical myself. Um, And then one of the reunions that we had together, I was in Ireland at the time, so they came to Dublin visiting me and then we had a couple of beers and they explained me what they were doing and then all the challenges that they had. And then we said, well, why don't we just like build a solution for it? Uh, and that's, that's how it started. Um, that was kind of the beginning of like end of 2017, actually. Um, I was still in Salesforce. Um, and I started my, I started to like dig into like drop shipping and e commerce, entrepreneurship, and Shopify and all of that. And then I found it super amazing. And then, you know, this growing segment of, you know, creators and influencers is just like crazy. Like, you know, just like Shopify as well is growing like a lot. Um, and there's a huge market out there, and we just decided to take it. Um, so we were the first investor in the company. Um, we are action takers. Like We knew that this was mm-hmm. going to work out. It was just a matter of how fast we could have scaled this to an interesting level, which would you know, eventually make this company like a VC you know, path-ready company. Um, and then eventually scale it to hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so yeah, right. that's how you started.
1: Yeah, wow, interesting, interesting start. How how is it? How has it been with three co-founders? How has that dynamic worked out for you?
0: That, that that's interesting because I, I I mean I have so much respect to any solo founders out there because it's so much harder. I mean, if you're a solo founder, when you're at you know when you're demotivated, or, and and that happens a lot of time. And I think like the number one re- number one reason why startups fail is because founders you know give up, right? And then and then money, right? But then the first the first reason is founder give up. And if you're alone, then when you're demotivated because something happens, you find a lead investor. That person will back up, or maybe you're running out of money, or nobody's believing in you, and all all the problems that you might have. It's just yourself, like you're the only founder in the company. So even if you have employees, it's just not the same. So it's just like you talking to a mirror and you're talking to yourself, right? So that's much. That's very much harder. But then when you're three, when you're demotivated and when you have to figure out like how to get away from a challenge and all of that, like you're three people at the same table talking to each other, founder to founder, and that has been one of the key reasons why we're, you know, so growing so fast. Because we've been able to, like, we've been friends since forever as well. So that really helped as well. Because, you know, we're just not co-founders who met each other just for this business. Um, right. So that's the positive impact. And then and then on the other hand, of course, like, you know, if all each of us has different views, then it's very difficult and to, and complicated to then, you know, be focused on one specific the thing, and then go execute. So sometimes it's more time consuming. Other times it's just like better for the mm-hmm. mindset.
1: How did you guys de- determine what the roles and kind of job descriptions were going to be between you and responsibilities?
0: Well, that that was pretty much straightforward. So we didn't have that kind of CEO who is the CEO conversation that maybe some founders have. Cause like I, I I'm, I I was just appointed as CEO like from the very beginning. I, I have a lot of experience in sales, and I think like as a CEO like that's something that you must have. Like you definitely you're talking to customers, you're talking to investors every single day, so you have to sell your company. Um. So that's why I kind of I position myself as a CEO role at the very beginning and then my experience is Salesforce like they haven't like the other two co-founders haven't worked for any companies before they were like entrepreneurs since the very day one so like I had I'd seen like so many best practices in Salesforce so I had you know the opportunity to basically bring them here on, on in the company and then Luca has been always a great performance marketer so you know it was very easy to appoint him as a CMO and you know chief growth officer of the company and Nikola mm-hmm. just focused on revenue, and you know, so just kind of very much straightforward. We didn't have a lot of conversations around it.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. What are what are some of the challenges that you guys had? What what kind of conflict arose?
0: Like among among us?
1: Yeah, among among the founders.
0: Yeah, so I think um, a couple, and and, and, and again, like. Because we are friends since forever, I mean, we usually have a lot of fights, and those fights usually last, like, a couple of minutes or a couple of hours. Uh, Never Mm -hmm. happened that they last, like, a couple of days, I'd say. Um, But sometimes we have to take decisions, and um, and most of the time founders take decisions based on 70% of the information that you have because you don't have the time, you have to go fast. Um, And sometimes you take bad decisions, so you have to, like, you know, explain why you took them and all of that and and sometimes you have founders like because we're three of us uh, one of them could say you know i said that i knew that i was going to uh, you know um yeah be like that and always like that but then yeah, I, I told you so yeah i told you so but uh, this, this is kind of the usual fights that we have but the thing is just you have to always like remember where you were when you took when you took that decision because it's so much easier to mm. then just see the results right now and then go back in history and then change change that, uh, you know, decision, right?
1: Yeah, 2020 hindsight.
0: You know, uh, we were we were just discussing as well where we should have opened a new office. I mean, obviously, they are living here in Dubai for the past five years, so they wanted to push the company to open the office here. So, like, kind of, you know, I was pushing them back. I was challenging them to really kind of understand why Dubai and why this whole ecosystem and... But those are kind of the fights that we have. It's just like not really fights, like just challenging ourselves and to, mm. to move the to move the company forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the way the way that you've described fights, it actually sounds like it sounds like it's something that you actually appreciate about your team in a sense that that people are willing to bring up what they care about, and even if it's messy, and that you guys have a have a deeper level of trust from your long term friendship, knowing that. Even if, even if things are heated in the moment, you are committed to the relationships with each other and committed to this project and to this company. And so that each of you has this trust with one another to be able to bring the difficult stuff up and let it be heated, which I think is far more productive than you know, trying to keep harmony or some sense of harmony while yeah. slowly letting things simmer under the surface.
0: Yeah, that, that doesn't happen. Like useless fights and always keeping the good harmony between founders. Like that's that's not happening here because we have friends. And I think like investors as well love to have love to see like a founder like founders who are friends because of mm. this reason. I mean no useless fights.
1: Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit more about your investors. How did you, how did you land your first investor? What did that moment feel like? What was the kind of what, what was the hook there?
0: So, the what happened to us is kind of very unique in a sense. Like right now, it's very hard to raise money pre-market, like pre-product, um, mm-hmm. but like because. You know, we are previous founders, like the two, Luke and Nicola are previous founders in the space. Uh, we had the opportunity to, to raise like around like $700,000 dollars pre product um, because we knew that there was a big problem. And we had so many people, so many friends who wanted to, you know, have this solution. So we had already like a good traction before the product was ready. It was just a matter of, you know, building um, so mm-hmm. we raised the first 700k like at the very beginning, like after a couple of months, then we firstly put some money into the business. Like we, we built just like a very a walking skeleton platform. That was it. Um, just to show to investors. And then we raised um, and then <clears throat> after two years of deploying capital, we were working a lot on, you know, unity of economics and all of those amazing things that make investors really like your project. And then we went to Silicon Valley ourselves, to San Francisco, and we met with, you know, Jason Calacanis on one hand, and then with Marco Zapacosta, who is the CEO and founder of Temtech. Um mm-hmm. And they both invested in the company, um, which it was for us was a great milestone because when you're raising in Silicon Valley from great investor, that means that they really believe in what you're doing, and they really believe on you know all the KPIs you guys you know are working towards too. Um, so that that was that was pretty special as a moment. Uh, and right now we are, you know, uh, closing up our investments as well. So we, we are we're in that path. So we are super happy. And I think. Raising money—it's the hardest thing ever, uh, especially when there are so many great companies out there. Because there's so many great software that you can use to really build companies so fast. Um, mm. So that that really uh, kind of having someone else believe in your vision—it's just special.
1: Yeah. How did how did this journey affect your 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 trio um, of friends? How how has this? affected you would you consider yourself closer friends now having gone through this
0: oh yeah absolutely i mean when you're when you're in this journey like the highs are highs and lows are lows and then every time you you go back to you know from the low to the high it kind of strengthens your friendship and your founder's mentality as well i mean it's just like it's just a process and then every time you you overcome a challenge you become stronger and then if you do mm-hmm. that together with other people, like other funders, that you become stronger individually and as a group. Um, so yeah. absolutely, yes.
1: What's the What's the thing that the three of you together were m- like most missing as far as a skill set or um, perspective that was kind of the hardest to find or took you the longest to, to backfill?
0: Well, I mean... <sighs> We believe that, I mean, we didn't have a lot of experience in in logistics ourselves, um, so that was that was one thing that was missing in into the into the trio, and and also like none of us is a is a technology person, so we had to hire an external CTO uh, to do the platform mm-hmm. and all of that. We've been working with this guy for the past like eight years, so we, we it's kind of a co-founder as well. Um, so that, that was the missing part. But the thing is, when you're doing something new, it's very difficult to be an expert. Because an expert is someone with knowledge of a specific matter, right? But then if the, matter, mm-hmm. if the matter exists, that means that there's no innovation there. I mean, it's something that is present or it's an old technology. But what we were doing yeah. is, was something new. So none of us had the experience to do that. So that was one thing that really challenged us to, to do the job. Um, but then eventually after three years, we kind of, you know, seen so many things that you know now makes us kind of experts in the field. So now we're ready to scale. But before it was just a nightmare to like learn everything ourselves and read so many books and read so many articles and try out things and fail and then all of that. That was the main challenge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's a, so? What was the scariest moment that you've had so far, in in this journey? Maybe the most, kind of the most despairing moment where you just weren't sure, or or did you have one of those? Like, what was?
0: Yeah. I mean, we had so many moments like that. Like, we had so many moments in which you realize, oh my God, cash is running out. Uh, in two or three months, we're gonna fail. Uh, the platform doesn't work. We're losing customers. Oh so my God! Let, let's 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 um, let's close the shop. And I think we had at least like I'd say like six or seven moments like that in three years. Um, but again, we because we're so committed to the vision and because we're so strong as a team, every single time you might have one person who's like, you know, let's close the shop, and then the other two says, you know, what are you saying? I mean, let's let's bring this up again, and then again. So this is what happened to us, but like the biggest the biggest um, uh, moment was like we were like really running out of cash like we had just maybe like a couple of weeks of runaway and then we decided to launch a um, you know, new uh, revenue model and then just test if that was a, like a good idea to bring revenue up and that really worked. Um, but that was a massive risk, um, and then you know we had a good reward. reward but um, but yeah, that was that was it. Like a couple of years ago, like uh, after a year since we started, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the what's the biggest challenge that you see coming up now?
0: Well, right now it's about scaling. Um, so right now it's about finding you know focusing on what really matters to the business. Like we have so many kpis and so many things that we could look at in our business because it's it's i mean we have two customers right we have the merchants and the professionals which make the marketplace model the kind of the hardest model ever um which which Mm -hmm. is a challenge um but eventually we have to really focus on those one two or three kpis and then really double down on them and then really work every single day to bring them up and up and bring them higher and higher and then raise money along the way. Um, So that's the kind of the biggest challenge, like try to be focused on your product, even though as you grow, a lot of new opportunities might might arise, Um, but you have to say no to customers sometime and you just have to be focused on your product and what you're building right now and then scale it. So I think the biggest challenge would be, you know, kind of lose the attention um, on what we are doing right now.
1: Mm-hmm. What would be, what would be your advice to any any team of founders, like a, a team of three friends founding founding a company? What's what would be one thing that you would tell them that you might not have known walking into it, and that you wish you had? Mm.
0: Well, that friendship. I mean, sometimes you have to be friends. Sometimes you have to be, you know founders slash professionals slash colleagues right Mm. um
1: what does that mean to you
0: because sometime like like in my experience for instance like i was the one i was the only one working for a company before so i had seen like you know procedures and things that you you know you should do as as a person in the company and then you know uh, like for instance like to, to, to Luca, like build a marketing plan, like give me a report and those kind of things. And Luca's like, oh my God, I mean, what kind of report? I mean, I don't need it. I, I, why should I give you a report? Like, why should I give you um, any sort of plan? I mean, I have my plan in my head. That's that's what I've been doing, right? And I think, like, if you're, if, if you as a founder, you're super young, um, you don't have a lot of experience in this kind of thing. So sometimes you just have to follow the leader. Uh, and then because you're all friends you don't usually have a leader right because you're all friends right. i mean it just you don't have just among the friendships like you don't have a leader right but right now you have a leader you might have a leader you have you might have a ceo and then you like it or not that person is <clears throat> the one in charge for the company and you we're still founders still we're still on the same level but sometimes the ceo takes decisions Um, And then the CEO can take good decisions or bad decisions and the CEO can change in the future, whatever. But then in this right moment, the CEO is the one taking decisions. So that's the hardest part. When we Mm. are friends, so all equal. But then for the first time, somebody is telling you, hey, you have to do this. No, stop, do that. Um, So it's really good to bring this up since the very beginning and say, you know, guys, we've been friends. But... It will happen a lot of times along the way that I have to I will have to take decisions and I would like to have you guys supporting me because you know I, it's my job right
1: Yeah I think that's really that's really good advice remembering keeping the reality that there is a power structure you know the the power structure could be something that you discuss you could choose amongst you to even change who's the CEO you know there there can be avenues for you know for for addressing a power structure that's not working but ultimately there needs to be a way to make decisions quickly and without having to achieve full consensus
0: yeah
1: yeah well, that's brilliant thank you so much carlo i really appreciated this talk absolutely and thanks for joining us
0: thanks <laughs>